Back into the great Scott show, the great sports callers open think tank. If you're listening live via the stream, it's brought to you by Champagne's Market on the Wilson or Champagne's going the extra mile. Joining me now in studio uh, as he has the last few months. Going to miss seeing you on Wednesdays, Bab. Every now and then in the off season, let's just make plans for you to come in. Does that work? That works. That works. We can definitely do that. Even if we don't talk baseball. Although I feel like the list, some listeners would be disappointed. We always have to talk a little cage of baseball. Well, we can. We can get a little bit of summertime in and fall in and, you know. Updates. 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 Updates would be great. I feel like there's there's going to be a lot of updates. I mean, I feel like, um, you know, as I was told by Jay, I was told by Brad that this roster will look There'll be some similar players, right? I mean, we'll see Brandon Towie next year. There'll be some guy. But we'll, as the case with guys graduating, with guys possibly going pro, with the normal roster turnover, the team's going to look a little different next year. Well, that's always the case from year to year. No matter how well we do, no matter how average we do, there's a lot of turnover, always is, in college baseball, not with just not just with our team, but with every team, especially now with – as easy as they've made it for kids to leave, you know, with the transfer portal and, and the one-time transfer exception, kids move around, and that's no different than any other program. So, yes, there will be some turnover. The roster will look different. The team will look different. But the team needs to look different because the team needs to get better, right? I mean, we're sitting here today not preparing for a regional, not having won uh, a conference championship, not being able to play this weekend. It's not a fun feeling. I mean, I it's not fun to be here right now. No disrespect to you, Scott, or this radio station or this room that, that we do st- um, shows from, but it's not fun to be here right now. I'd much prefer being out of practice, getting ready for the regional this weekend or, or planning the trip. You'd rather be doing the show from the road. No doubt. I would be, still be doing it, but right, I'd love right. to be doing it from the road. You'd rather be doing it under different circumstances. Correct. And I, I know what you mean by that. What, what's the one thing, Bab? There's a lot of things. What's the thing at the top of the list you feel this program, this team needs that they didn't have this past season that they that they got that you guys got to have next year? Well, I don't know if there's one certain thing. I think there's just there's a collection of things. We just we just have to get back to where we are competing for a regional every year, and not just a regional, but I mean in that large birth not to where we have to win the tournament but in that large birth a being talked about in the conversation of hosting you know for, uh, there was a certain time period where that was the the conversation each year you know from uh, hosting in 14 hosting in 16 you know super regionals that's what this program is and that's what this program needs to get back to and that's what we're going to work every day to the best of our ability to, to get back to that. And, you know, just what do we need? I mean, we need, you know, in my opinion, and, and we discussed some things a little bit yesterday, you know, we need a little more toughness. We need a little more toughness, especially at the plate offensively. We, we need to do a little bit better job of, of, and when I say toughness, I mean like, you know, having guys that you can rely on I mean, really, truly depend on to drive in those big runs, you know, in pressure situations with two outs in the first inning if that's when it calls for. That's when the game calls for it, you know, and not have to wait until the third or fourth at bat, 
You know, a lot of times the first at bat is the biggest at bat of a game that that a player will get. So we just needed to to get a little bit tougher offensively, and I think things will be okay. But but just as a program, as a whole, we need to get back to being a program that is year in and year out competing for an at-large berth in a regional. Quote from Coach Deggs, we've got to improve. We're not where this program needs to be. We've taken a step towards that, but this is a program that needs to be fighting for a regional and super regional every year. we got to improve in just about every facet, end quote. That was him moments after Saturday's season-ending loss. Um, well, I think that sums it up. You know, each – that's probably that can be the answer to every team that's not in the regional. Hey, what do you need to do to to get better? Uh, boom, there it is. Right? You got a team on the ropes in the ninth. You 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 got to finish it. That's something else. Deg said, and some of that, I guess, maybe we could tie back to what you just said as far as when it comes to at the plate, that mentality of let's have we're going to step on your throat. Like I'm there. There's no hesitancy here. It doesn't have to be in the fifth when you're up by three runs. It doesn't have to be in the ninth when you've got a team on the ropes. It can be in the first. It can be at any point, but you, you feel like you need more of that offensively. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, you know, you can start off the game. Leadoff guy can hit a a double. You know, leadoff guy can hit a triple. And let's just say he hits a triple. That guy's at third base, you know, with no outs or one out. That next guy coming up, that that's his biggest, could be his biggest at bat of the game. You know, you got a guy 90 feet away and you get him in to set the tone early to get on the board first. You know, that's so you need, you got to be locked in from the get go. And we preach and preach and, preach. you know, intensity starts when you walk through the gate. It's, it doesn't start in the, you know, after batting practice or, or in the fifth inning of the game. It, it starts when you walk through the gates and, and you've got to get ready to go at that point and get in that, that right mindset so that when the game does come, you've already put in so much work from, you know, pregame batting practice to infield and outfield to where when it comes in the game, it's just, you know, you've done it before. You, you've kind of went through that that whole visualization before of, of seeing yourself doing well in certain situations. So just, you know, as a, especially offensively, we just, we've got to get better. You know, the, the, the pitching side of things, we pitched it really, really well this year. Really, really well. So and we've gonna have we're gonna have guys that are gonna be back that were very very successful this year guys coming in that are gonna help as the scenario is every year. So, but we've just got to get a little bit better offensively, a little tougher offensively, <clears throat> so that we can be that program that we once were. And we're not we're not very very far from it, in my opinion. We're not very very far from being that program that we were just a few years ago. To where we were in the regional conversation each and every year, you know, knocking on the on the top to, in the, the door of the top twenty five. So we're just we're right there. We just need to continue to get better, and we will. I I know that the season's in the rear view, and and you guys have work to do. So I'll I'll just only ask one baseball related question. Was there a moment in Saturday's game that's still hard to kind of get past, hard to get over? You've admitted, right? Deggs has admitted. Every coach can admit. Fans will certainly admit. Man, they're those those games you think about from years past. Like they're, I'm sure they're games, and right, you think about the Ole Miss Super Regional that that decisive game, and there might have been a moment there that still bothers you when you think about it today. It still hurts a little bit. I know it's only a couple of days removed from Saturday, and and 
Saturday was different than playing in a super regional deciding game to go to the World Series. I, I, I'm guilty like everyone else of bringing up 2014 a lot more on that in a minute. But like, was there a specific moment, Bab, that you feel like, gosh, if we had just done this thing, this had been different. If we had executed here, I feel like we would still be playing right now. I don't think there was one certain thing for me. I mean, what stands out for me is we had an opportunity in the first. We didn't get it done. We had an opportunity in the ninth. We didn't get it done. You know, uh, so I guess maybe there's two things that stand out for me. You know, we had opportunities in the first and ninth. Didn't get it done either time. And that ultimately cost us the ball game and a chance to play on Sunday and a chance to be in a regional. But you really can't you can't harp on it you know we, we it happened or didn't happen and we have to move on and and we have to get better we've got to get better we can't say we can't stay the same and say well if we'd have got it done in the first and the ninth on saturday we'd have played in the championship game on sunday who knows what would have happened would have been to a regional and everything would have been okay right no you can't you yeah i don't mean it like that you can't like compartmentalize <clears throat> in a way that's like boy it's right there right it's just kind of like the nature of the business right yeah. it's it's more or less like you can't change what happened, and yet there's some games, some moments that kind of stick with you longer than others, and there's some seasons that stick with you longer than others. And I remember Robe a lot. You know, you and I were talking last week, Bab. I guess we I played that clip of the the uh, the Trosclair moment, and then Osborne did have that great moment with the Grand Slam on on Thursday, and and that's that's it's it's. It's it's a shame that so much has happened between now and then. We're not even really thinking about that today. It tells you how much has happened between right. now and then. But like I remember you you saying like Rob was always trying to like get out of the shadow of 2014, right? Um, yet Rob would bring up the 2000 World Series team a lot, but as an example of kind of when they were at their lowest, right? That's when he would bring it up a lot. He'd be like, you know, that team was was here and they were able to do this. Mm-hmm. I think he was he was trying to fight previous years with the fan base or with perhaps players on the team when it came to you can't think about that and and think that you've accomplished anything right now is it is it hard to because because I've already heard it in the last few days you know folks bringing up 2014 and folks that that were very much whether a part of that program or people that whose opinion I respect a lot they're like well look when Degs got there and Robe and Bab and it wasn't until this year and that do you like the constant uh, the ba- how do I word this? There's got to be a balance between celebrating a good season and not letting it somehow slip into this is what your identity should be in the future. Does that make sense? Like where's that balance? Well, that definitely makes sense and and <clears throat> I think uh, at least this is how I am interpreting what you're talking about. And when I when I speak about or when I bring up, you know, a team or a program that needs to be in the regional conversation for an at-large every every year, knocking on the top 25, having that consistency, I'm not talking about or referring to a team that should go 58-10 and 10 and have the best offensive numbers in the country every year, or a team like 2000 that gets to Omaha every year. I mean, yes, it would be great to have all. I mean, nobody, no team is like that that consistency, you know, right? I mean, unless you're referring to 1990 and 2000 down in Baton Rouge where that happened, but, you know, or way way back before that when USC did it all those years in a row. I'm not talking about 
being crazy good like that every year. I'm just referring to where each year you're in the at-large conversation. You know, being in the at-large conversation does you don't have to go 58 and 10 and be have the best offensive numbers in the right. country to be in the at-large conversation. You don't have to go to the College World Series and finish third to be in the at-large conversation. You just have to have consistency in your program and play a good schedule each year, which we do, and have success in that schedule and just be consistent with your team. You do those things, you're going to be in the conversation each year. It's like I would hear from folks, well, this team needs like a Chase Conrad or a Michael Strentz type of guy because of offense. You know, like you hear that a lot. So there's this – it's not wrong, right? right? And yet there is this constant – maybe constant's too strong of a word. Just whenever you have a a team that has a a season like they did, and I know you guys were – that one still hurts coming up so close to the World Series, not quite getting there. But when you have a team that was as fun and talented – you you remember it, and so you const- fans, coaches, media, well, myself sure. included, guilty. You'll bring up players from that. Right. And it's like, well, there's a reason we keep bringing up Michael Jordan's name, right? Right. <laughs> it's not because he was a donkey. <laughs> I mean, the guy like, was the greatest but, of all time. Okay, You're gonna but, keep but, bringing his name no, up. Oh yeah, but that's true. But the difference, Bab, is like, it, it's not like when I break down the Pelicans, I'm like, you know, they need to get like a Michael Jordan player next year. You know what I'm saying? Like, it gets a little different in that, like. This team needs a guy like a Conrad in terms of that alpha in the lineup, something like that. It's for a fan base, it 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 constantly comes back to to certain seasons. And it's like mm-hmm. like you were talking about the twenty fifteen year. They were always living in the shadow of twenty fourteen and right. then they had their moment <clears throat> right. and they seized it. And they right. you know, it's I, I guess when you're when you're in that constant state, like you said, if you reach your goal of constantly being like we're always in play for an at-large, then the seasons start to run together a little bit. Maybe you still remember the ones that really stand out, but right. it's not it's not like constantly in the. I just feel like it's constantly just draped over this team. And part of it was because Deggs was that was his last year with you guys before he went to Sam Houston State. I just feel like it's been brought up more this year than I guess the last couple of years. And maybe that's just me. No, I don't think that's just you. I mean, whenever you have a season that doesn't go so well, I, you're absolutely right. You you just refer to it as, man, they need a they need a strength. They need a Conrad. You know, that's what's missing. They need that alpha yeah. player. And they're not wrong in saying that. They're not wrong at all. You 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 add a couple of those personalities and type players on a team on this team, things might have probably would have been a little different. I um. I apologize for my rambling. My blood sugar's a little low this morning. That's okay. You know man. that. You can probably tell. <laughs> Nothing wrong with it. Remember, remember, remember. Trying to word my questions here, and I'm just rambling. Remember, I also do a show with Mr. Rickman. Yeah. Well, Mr. Rickman, yeah, he's just, he has that built in, right? And it's I, great. We I've, love it. I've, I ate a, a, a Kit Kat during the break, so hopefully my sugar <laughs> will be back up and at him and uh, level pretty soon. ESPN 1420. Did you get any biscuits in Montgomery? No one did. I've asked everyone. They're like, no, I didn't get around to getting any biscuits. No, I mean, uh, there was really nowhere where they made biscuits a priority. You know, like no restaurant. No no restaurant said. How can you be? You come here. If somebody comes to Lafayette, they're going to see the word Cajun written on a lot of stuff. A lot of different Cajun foods. Heck, I mean, you know. 
Cajun car wash, Cajun cry. I mean, like you, you know, right. I mean, you, you, all right, I get it. They're the raging Cajuns. You're going to see it all over the community. I mean, right. I feel the like only thing biscuits was, is the team. That's apparently. Right. That's, that's kind, of, kind of disappointed. Kind of disappointed. ESPN 1420. All right. So you guys, um, I know it's a busy week. You got exit interviews. <clears throat> I'm not asking, I know you're, you guys would never give an example of a specific player or what was said or, or is he staying or leave or anything like that. Can you give us an example of what a normal exit interview is like, though, the process? Because I know you guys have them as coaches and the players have them. Are all the coaches involved? Is it just Coach Deggs? What's that? Is that something you look forward to each year? Is that difficult? It it can be difficult. I mean, some, some of the meetings are very difficult. Some of the meetings are very pleasant. You know, the exit interview is is just to get an idea of Number one, kind of some of the thoughts that the player has on how he felt his season went, how he thought the season as a whole, the team, the team setting, the culture, things like that, and then a chance for the coach to verbalize how he feels about that player and and his season and what he sees for the for the future of that player. So it's a it's a lot of back and forth. Exit meetings are, are usually the good ones are a lot of back and forth dialogue. Now there's some that you know it's it's a one sided conversation because the the kid may not be a talker or be comfortable talking or shy or or whatever. But you know the best exit meetings are the ones just like any conversation, right? The best conversations are the ones that are interactive, where both participants are participating. So that's how the exit interviews go. And in some cases, you kind of lay out what you see the future to be for a player, you know, in this, in your program. Sometimes you lay out if it's not going to be with this program and, and where you best see that player fit. Because look, at the end of the day, we try to do what's in the best interest of that young man that's in front of us. And if it's that young man being here, if it's that young man not being here but somewhere else where where his skill set may match up better, then that's ultimately better for the individual if to continue his career. So we try to do what's in the what we feel is in the from doing this for very very long time, close to 30 years what we feel is in the best interest for for the player involved. Is it is the whole staff in there, or is it just the head coach with the player? Some years it's the staff. Some years it's just the head coach. Uh, it kind of just... Or does it depend on the player how many are in there? No, it doesn't really depend on the player. Um, the you know, over the years we've gone the whole staff. We've gone the head coach and the hitting coach if it's a hitter. We've right. gone head coach and the pitching coach if it's a pitcher. Some years we've gone just the head coach. It kind of just it kind of just depends. So you guys, you know, there's a number of players on this roster, obviously, that are talented and have some eligibility left, and we'll probably hear their name called uh, sometime between July 11th and July 13th. So if you got a guy that's a a great pitcher that might get his name called, like a Connor Cook, what's the process like in terms of? I'm really not sure what I imagine. Some of it's I kind of want to go, but I I don't know. It depends on where I'm drafted. So, 
how you know Matt's told me a lot. I'm going to do whatever I can to try to help this guy get a get a situation, get somewhere, you know, play for money as he likes to put it. Right. Um, what's the process like between now and the the draft as far as how a coach can help, and then the decision of, you know, we are we going to need to replace this guy? Are we not? It's kind of a waiting game, right? It's kind of a waiting game. You're right, but you know, from now until then, the player you mentioned, Cook, you know. He's going to continue to to work and work out and throw and keep himself in shape for if his name gets called and he decides to sign a pro contract. You know, all these guys want to play professionally. And some guys, when it gets to that junior year, so to speak, where they have a decision to make where they could sign pro if they get drafted or could come back, some of them are are ready to sign, you know, and say, hey, I'm going to sign. And some of them are, as you mentioned, wait and see. Is the money good enough for me to give up my last year of eligibility? So that's going to come down to the player and what he wants deep down inside. Some of them, you get situations where they just, they'll sign. If if their name gets called, they're they're gone. No matter what round. Because either they feel that this opportunity may not come again or – they just don't enjoy the school process or, or something like that. They just know that they're going to sign. And when you do have one like that, it kind of helps you prepare because you know that, hey, he's not coming back. You know, even if he gets drafted in the low rounds, he's not coming back. So you can prepare for that, go and, and look for another guy or work to replace him. You know, it's the ones that are in the in the teens and in the middle – where they say, you know, it, if it's going to be a good opportunity, I'll go. And you then, have to kind of uh, wait a little bit. Yeah, and then if they're a junior or, or a draft-eligible sophomore, it changes everything because they have that leverage. Obviously, right. if it's a senior, you already know. But that's – I mean, it's rare when a senior gets drafted because – I say it's rare. It's not rare, mm-hmm. but I would guess that you guys more often have to deal with guys being drafted that still have more eligibility left. Because right, that's always If they're the good enough to go – you know, Jeffrey Stafford, great guy. I mean, talking to him about getting drafted by the Mets and yeah, you know, the uh the pay was a lot different that year than if I had gone out the year before. But he look, he graduated, he got his degree, he did good stuff and right. and he's he's living his best life now. But it's just um anytime I see a senior drafted in like the first round, I'm like, I'm happy for that guy because that's that's really, really rare. You look at MLB draft list every year and it's like they stayed with it, I guess, because they liked it that much, or they made a big jump their senior year, but they're actually still going to get a pretty good payday. But if uh, if you decide to stick around and you get drafted in the teens or something like that and you're a senior, that's a, it's a big gap in pay there. Well, it is, but, you know, it, it's a gap in the signing bonus, you know, is, is what it is, which is where you get your money on the front end. You don't really make money again until you make it to the big leagues. Good luck, um, too. That's so, a tough thing to do. Well, absolutely, which it's tough also even if you get a, a really good signing bonus because it's such a grind and there's so many great players that are drafted, so many teams, so many levels. But we have an opportunity to have two or three guys with their names called, you know, Spencer or Cook, possibly a Ben Fitzgerald. You know, we're, we're trying like heck to – make it happen for Drake Osborne and have someone give him a chance. I mean, if anybody deserves it, Drake does. Not just deserves it, but is just a, a great catcher, a great young man, works great with pitchers, 
can handle the bat enough, you know, to where we feel that he deserves a chance. So, you know, really working for Drake and, and hoping things happen for him. I know that even if he doesn't get drafted, I, I could certainly see that Michael Strench route. I remember Mike signing with the team and, um, you know, getting in the minors and being on the same team with some of his college teammates. And then him and Caleb uh, apparently got into an argument about who was going to run first for that minor league team as well. Caleb told me that story. <laughs> He's like, it happened again. I don't know if it quite uh, happened the same way it did at the UL practice that day. but Those guys those guys are still arguing about things today. <laughs> that's that's what made one of the things that made that team so great. I mean, they're just nobody was going to give in. About anything. About anything. About anything. No, uh, sir. Here we are. It's uh, seven years later, and um, lots changed, but the goals haven't. I know the goal is to, as you said, consistently be that team that is um, up there for an at-large bid every single year. I know you guys got a lot of work to do between now and next season, but uh, appreciate you coming in, Bab. It's been fun doing this every week. I know uh, your schedule's busy. It's not the easiest thing, and all you get from me is a, a thanks and a, I guess I got to give you a pat on the back. So that's good enough, man. It's a pleasure of mine to come on here each week and speak about our program, talk to you about the good things happening, and hey, we'll talk about the bad things when that comes up, also, right? No doubt, man. Put it all on the table. That is Anthony Babineau, associate head coach of Louisiana's Rage Cajun baseball team. Uh, let's talk sometime this summer, man. We'll just shoot the stuff we'll do it we'll talk about the guys playing summer ball and possibly some incoming players coming in can't wait all right that's anthony babineau stay tuned steve peliquin's next with beyond the game this is the great scott show i'll talk to you guys tomorrow espn 1420 and.com